This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode number 49 of the Ops Authority Podcast. I can't believe we're at number 49. What a journey this has been, and what an exciting one at that. So, Thank you again for hanging out here for 49 great episodes. Today, we're going to continue that greatness and talk about the top traits that we are seeing in directors of operation. Lots of times I am getting people coming to me asking me what they can do to prepare to apply for the certification or if they are already qualified. And so I thought I would come here today and just tell you what we as director of operations, what we look like and what the data is telling us. So we just onboarded our fifth round of director of operations into our certification program. I cannot believe it's already been five rounds. I was just looking back over some data the other day and I saw that we started in June or July of 2018. That was our very first round. And so I'm just so proud of the work that we're doing, not only in this profession, but in our community too. So love the path that we've been on. It's been super rewarding. And this time as we're onboarding, it's really exciting and it's an energetic time for me, for our community, and also for the students that have chosen to up-level into this pathway. They all come from great lines of experience and leadership. And the certification, the designation of the certification is gives them the permission and the ability to have new offers and also to up-level who it is that they're serving. So during our onboarding period, we collect lots of data. What you may or may not know is I'm quite an analytical dork. (laughs) And so I love lots of data. As you come into the community of directors of operation, I will give you surveys at the beginning and at the end. I'm always wanting to test and see what you're comfortable with and where we have opportunities to grow. And then at the end, I want to see if I've done my job and helped you in closing that gap. And so we will pull together lots and lots of data in our relationship together. So we look at their past operations experiences, their existing business structure, like what are they doing to make money today, and when and how they have exercised leadership in the past and in the present time. So these All of those three things, they give me a really good understanding of the path that they've been on to this point. And much of those pieces are situational. And when I say situational, I mean decisions they've made based on their surroundings or their circumstances. So in practical terms, think about the roles that you've had in other companies and other places along your journey. And think about those ones that you have unintentionally fallen into. They weren't ones you saw out in your vision, but they fit for the time being. So you took them. Maybe it was the opportunity to, I remember at one point in my career, it was like, oh, you know what? I will take this opportunity. It was a raise. And at that moment, I wanted a raise. I wanted more income. And so it wasn't like, oh my goodness, this is the best work I could ever be doing. This is exactly what I want. It was like, oh, you know what? I'll take it. It's a raise and I'll learn something new. 
So we've all been a part of these situational experiences. The other types of data that we're going to collect are less variable, and these are the ones that are fascinating to me. For one, it tells me more about operators in general and what makes them up naturally. So it's so interesting to see the similarities in the group as this community grows. So at this point that we're recording this, we have 72 gals who have come through the program and have been certified. So now we've got 72 lines of data, which just makes me so excited. (laughs) And secondly, having this data helps me with the hiring process because you may or may not know, but I'm speaking to high-level six, seven, eight-figure business owners on the regular. I'm having conversations. I'm going into mastermind groups. Those people come to me looking for operators and to help for me to help them grow their businesses. And so the more data I can have about directors of operation, like the aggregated, the top level, like when you pull it all together, the more information I can have about this, the better I am able to represent our community to the interested parties. And so again, this helps me with the hiring process because I can then connect complementary types of leaders with the appropriate operator. So there is a, I won't say that there's a magic formula, but you definitely want to be cautious and at least know who you are going into business with as an operator. And so both of you guys having this information, this type of data that we're going to talk about today will really help you in solidifying if you're in a safe, comfortable, and a place where you can grow together. So let's get to the top traits and the themes that I see across our community. These are the most consistent, but this doesn't mean it's comprehensive. (laughs) If you don't have these traits, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be a good operator or you're not a good operator today. It just means that you're likely going to build a different business, which is also super cool. I'll just say, if you have followed the Colby for any stretch of time, you have probably heard me talk about being a quick start. So that is one of the variables that the Colby assessment or the Colby index is looking at. And the majority of the director of operations, this is just an example, but the majority of our DOOs are low quick starts. It won't disqualify you from getting into the certification if you're a high quick start. I just have to know that I'm going to coach you differently because you're going to possess a little bit of a different skill set. So I just wanted to be really clear and frank up front that if you're on the path or you desire to become a director of operations and you don't identify with some of these things, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't apply. It doesn't mean that you are not fit. I'm literally sharing with you today what I see from a thematic perspective. So when I look at the large amounts of data, what I see is a theme. So the strongest theme that I see is high fact finding. This is your instinctive need to gather as many details as possible. And you either have this or you don't. So most directors of operation have a background in a formal or informal project management. So fact finding is really common. It's certainly going to be associated with project managers, but your fact finders are always on the search for more. The scenario I put out there a lot of times is if you're going to host a party for your child, are you the kind that is going to wake up early on Saturday morning, head up to the grocery store, get some balloons, buy the pre-made cake and come home? Or are you going to be that person who is going to plan for two to three months, who is going to think about every single detail, who's going to go through Pinterest, who's going to pre-order, find vendors, not to make it complex, 
but to make sure that you cross every single T and dot those I's. That is what I mean by fact-finding, and that's the strongest identifier that I find. Another one is structure and order. So the brain of a director of operations often wants to compartmentalize things. They want to find consistency and themes, and they are less flexible with change. Because of this, they love patterns and designing workflows and systems and SOPs, which are standard operating procedures. These things bring them joy because they're figuring out which steps go in order or what makes the most sense for that. They love, and when I say they, it's like the proverbial they because it's me too, (laughs) but we love a well-oiled machine and we will do anything in our power to get that well-oiled machine in its right place. So structure and order are very, very high of importance to us. Introversion, this may shock some of you, but introversion is another trait that I see a lot. So this was a little bit unexpected because as you may guess, or as you may know, I am a extrovert. And when I say extrovert, it's like 75%. So I'm not all the way, but I'm most of the way there. And so this was surprising to me because I never really looked at extrovert or introvert as a as a trait before I started pulling people and aggregating people into my community. So this was unexpected, but now it does make so much more sense. Directors of operations are second in command. Your second in commands love supporting and contributing to other people's ideas and other people's visions. Whereas your extrovert is Lots of times, this is not an exclusive statement, but a lot of times your extroverts are in front, they're leading the charge, they are kind of the all eyes on them, they may be the face of the brand kind of people. And so when you look at the Myers-Briggs results of my community, of this director of operations community, 74% of my existing DOOs are introverts. Now that is way higher than I expected. But these Introverts are going to partner with extroverts in many cases, and they're going to be the back end of the business, doesn't it? it? Like it makes so much more sense once I talk it through, but that's how this is working out. And here are some things that struck me extroverts don't want the competition of another extrovert. So the compliment is an extrovert working with an introvert. So introverts, they enjoy marketing systems, but they don't love the forward facing, that all eyes on me marketing. So it's really, it's pretty cool when I look at it like this. This is why directors of operations are oftentimes called behind the scenes and are very safe counterparts to CEOs. Each of these, both the CEO and the integrator or operator, they're both leaders, but they stay in their zones. They stay in their places. When you ask an introvert to introduce themselves or to come onto a podcast, lots of times they're going to tell you no, because that is just putting themselves out there is not what they love to do. So that third trait is introversion. While directors of ops are creative in some ways, they aren't typically highly creative in the ways you may be thinking. Their creativity shows up in the way that they solve the problems for the business. Think about how someone puts together a beautiful artistic painting. That's creative expression. And that's what I mean by directors of ops aren't typically highly creative. I mean that they don't have a lot of creative expression. And I'm going to use painting as a scenario. 
We, on the other hand, we being operators, we see a painting and think of the steps that went into that painting. They had to get the canvas. They had to buy the paint. They had to figure out which colors of paint to get, how much to get. They sketched it first, and then they think about applying each layer or each color onto the canvas. This is structured creativity, and it's way common in the director of operations space. Even when we practice creative expression, like let's just say baking, we make sure that we have all the ingredients before we begin. And we also, I bet all of the operators that are listening to this right now, we follow that recipe like to the T. We don't wing it. (laughs) Am I right? So directors of operations also want to know what is expected from them and their projects and the team. They are analytical thinkers. And remember back to that fact finder trait that I talked about a few seconds ago, we love order. So I have found that directors of operation create expectations. That's what we love to do in people's businesses. We like to create expectations and we measure ourselves against those expectations. We live by them. And because of that, we can be a tad rigid sometimes, which takes me to the next trait. We are long processors. We need a hot minute to determine the next steps, and this can be frustrating to our clients. Our clients move faster than us, but our visionary clients see the end result, and we see every teeny tiny step that gets us to that final product. So when they share the end result, we go silent because our brain is firing on all the possibilities, the dependencies, the task, and we're trying to extrapolate the timing before we commit and jump all in. So that's what I mean by long processors. And this is a benefit because as we work through these plans, they are going to be comprehensive and we're going to double check them to make sure that they have less or fewer or maybe no gaps in them. So long processing is a thing. I used to be really conscious when I would be having coffee chats with people and discovery calls because they would be, you know, pitching an idea to me and my brain starts, I can, now that I'm aware of it, I can see myself doing it, but it's almost like I go blank and my brain is just kind of chugging through all the steps that are going to be necessary to do that. Sometimes people feel like, oh wait, she's, she's not agreeing with me or she's not on the same plane as me. But the reality is I take a second to process. And so now I oftentimes go into these situations and I let people know. If I am quiet, it's because I'm processing. It's not because I don't understand. If I don't understand, I will ask you a question. So that may be a tip that can help you if you find yourself in that same scenario. Lastly, and the one that is the most important in all of this is leadership. I will say this forever and always, but directors of operations are yes, maybe people. We are not yes, ma'ams. And here's the difference. Yes, ma'ams are going to take orders from their leaders and they're going to perform likely at an entry level function. So yes, maybes are going to layer the yes, ma'ams with leadership, which is why I call it the yes, maybe role. So we aren't no people, but since we're highly detailed, we need a minute to process like I was just talking about. We're going to measure, we're going to evaluate before we can commit. And leadership can look like a lot of different things. So when I'm evaluating if a client or if an applicant is a good fit for the for the certification program, I'm looking at their experience, their previous roles, the scope of the projects that they have run, the training and development that they have done, and of course, their previous experiences in the companies they have been a part of. 
Directors of operations are capable of leading hard conversations, of leading the team meetings, performance managing their teammates, holding their peers accountable to timelines of those projects that they're going, the detailed projects that they're going to create. So to perform this role as a DOO, leadership is required. And I learned that very early, even in my own experience, that leadership is a non-negotiable. It is the one trait that we have to have because, like I said, you're going to run into those hard conversations. You're going to hear your leader give you an idea, and you're going to have a better hand on if this can practically be done or not. And so you're going to have to speak up. You're going to have to be the yin to their yang. You're going to have to be that second in command. And second in command doesn't mean that you just say yes, yes, yes. It means that you have to process and you have to look, you have to investigate. Is this a safe thing for us to get into? You're the only one that's going to be looking at risk because they're going to be going full charge. And so this is a great thing, but I need that leadership to be there. So with every episode of the Ops Authority podcast, we do something called an ops activity. And for episode number 49, I would love to know which of these seven traits that I mentioned do you naturally have? You may have all of them and you may have just a few of them, but I would love to know if you'll come into our community at theopsinsiders.com. I would love for you to post that. We will have a prompt there in the group and I would love for you to be a part. You don't have to have all of these traits to be a director of operations, but these are the themes that I see in our community. Those that fall outside of these traits listed above usually tailor their businesses differently, or they work in various capacities with clients. So they may not show up as a typical director of operations, which is more of a retainer role. They may do membership sites. They may have more of a volume-based business. There's lots of different ways to do this. They may do just projects. They may do just project management. They may do launch management. Lots of different ways that this can be carried out. And it's important to me as you come through my certification that we look at your Colby and use that Colby, K-O-L-B-E, and that will be in the show notes if you're interested in that. I like to look at the Colby and give you advice based on what your Colby looks like to help you with the what your business should look like. And so that is one of the most important indicators to me as far as building a coaching relationship with you. So if I was chatting with you today and you were nodding in agreement with all of the things that I said today, all these traits, because you possess them, then I want you to look at the Director of Operations Certification Program. We have got another cohort that's going to be starting very soon. And you can always find more information about our program at directorofops.com. Thank you all for being here today. I will chat with you next week. And again, thanks for being here. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.